we find Judas betraying Jesus at night and Peter denying Jesus also at night. But John, being able to see clearly, is a picture of being a believer, of having a revelation of who Jesus truly was and is. And that's why he wrote this gospel. We had it in those verses that James read just now. And later on in chapter 10, James says, These things are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. For John, there was a kind of parallel reality going on that people just weren't getting, even people that saw Jesus living his life, they didn't quite get the revelation of who he was from people. And even more pressing, John was thinking about the generations to come, wanting them to have that amazing revelation. I don't know if any well, you know, some of you have dogs. Um, we have a dog, and if you've been out walking and seeing what uh, dogs are like, you'll know that they experience a parallel reality. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you might go walking up the hills here and see some nice green grass and some trees and fence or birds or whatever, but the dogs are experiencing something completely unknown following those fences that are very real to them, and they'll know of a fox or a badger or a mouse or a rat or <laughs> um, anything happens. Um, they're there and they're aware of that reality. It's something that we cannot, as humans, perceive. And I think it's a bit like that. John's wanting people to open their eyes to experience this amazing reality of who Jesus was and is. I started to think about this um, talk back in November and James and I went down to visit uh, Lloyd and Clarissa down at their church in Frew. And uh, Clarissa was passionately talking um, about something. <laughs> and in her talk, she was uh, talking about the film Robin Hood and about how there's a point in the film where um, King Richard returns undercover as part of Robin's um, gang men? Family 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 I thought I can't really talk about that without watching the film again for myself because it didn't seem quite familiar to me that scene. So um, on Friday, once cooking the dinner and I and everything, I had my iPad play with um, uh, what's his name? Um, Kevin Costner, exactly, in the background. <laughs> and um, uh, the revelation came to his character with some of the accents <laughs> and how it was from the script in the book, but there was no revelation of King Richard. I thought, oh, I've the wrong film. So last time I went strictly finished, I thought, I'm best to watch the next one. I can't talk about Robin Hood without having seen it for myself. So then I was watching Russell Crowe, Lady to the Lights, and I just keep dropping on a few times, but again, there was no evidence of King Richard. So if any of you know, which film I should have been watching, which version of Robin Hood. He's going to be right. But apparently, <laughs> it is possible for a very special to be there and for them to be revealed and you're not aware of who they really are. It's a case of missing what's right in front of your eyes. And we could think about it in different ways, couldn't we? We could think, if you think 
about the dogs and the sense from the ground, you could think about um, the spiritual forces that work in the world. And I know um, our real prayer warriors often pray against the powers of darkness that come against us. And also praying for angels and spirits being removed. That's another way of opening our eyes. We might want to open our eyes to see each other more clearly. I feel this year God's been teaching me about looking for the treasure in those around me. Sometimes we can miss what's good and pure in another in our criticisms. And sometimes we can miss and have our eyes closed the good in ourselves, the good things which God has placed in us. We're told to love our neighbour as we love ourselves. Most of you know that um, I work with people's learning disabilities and uh, a couple of weeks ago one of my colleagues in my group time of the day challenged um, everyone to share something that they loved about themselves. And all of us who work there were absolutely cringing and mortified at the thought of having to say something that we loved about ourselves. It felt painfully embarrassing. But the people that I work with, the people who learned things, who said, no shot at all, saying what they loved about themselves, that they loved their mum so much, that they were good at cooking, that they were good at caring for people. And uh, we can have a blindness, can't we, to the good that God has put in us. There's always we can have our eyes open. So that's not what John was referring to here. John wanted people's eyes to be open so that they could really deeply know Jesus. And so, in writing the Gospel, having seen the light, we also have these different signs that many of you will remember as well. Signs where Jesus says, I am, I am the light of the world, I am the bread of life, I am the resurrection of the life. Because John wanted to reveal who Jesus truly was. He was the one with authority over sickness. He was the one who longed to guide and to lead and protect his people. He was the one with power over death. And he was the one who loved tenderly, compassionately, and sacrificially. And for the people that John was talking to, was writing to, that was a life changer. For people living in oppression and in unoccupied lands, that changed everything. And it changes everything for us too. When we feel that we have the world on our shoulders, we have the Lord of Jesus who loves us just as tenderly and compassionately. He sacrificed all for us and he wants to give us strength and he wants to give us fresh hope. I was reading um, a theologian called Rodman who talks about the reason that we can have hope as Advent, and he says this. The ultimate reason for our hope is not to be found at all in what we want, wish for, and wait for, 
The ultimate reason is that we are wanted and wished for and waited for. As I said, we want, we wish, and we wait. Yes, if we can grasp that ultimately we are the ones that God wants, then we can draw from a hope we don't need to generate for ourselves. Instead, we tap into the true source of hope. I thought that was a wonderful thing. It's not for us to be scrubbing around and trying to find God or generate our faith. But He just loves us so much. He wants us so much, just as we are. He loves to speak to us. He loves to encourage us. But if we will look to Him, He will do just that. So I want to finish now with it's kind of a book thing and a poem same time. So that's in a moment that should close your eyes and receive this blessing and this poem which is about us being carriers of Christ's light. And before I read it, um, I felt moved by those of you who put your hands up early to say that life is difficult or dark or hard at the moment. And I just felt that um, God would just come and give you a very gentle kiss on the top of the head, like a parent might do to a child, and he learns and he sees and he cares and he does want to give you the strength and the help and the guidance that you're looking for. Blessed are you who bear the light in unbearable times. He testifies to its endurance amidst the unendurable. Who bear witness to its persistence when everything seems in shadow and grief. Blessed are you in whom the light lives, in whom the brightness blazes, your heart a chapel, an altar where in the deepest night could be seen the fire that shines forth in you, in unaccountable faith, in stubborn hope, in love that illumines every broken thing that finds. Lord, may we carry this Christ light within us this Christmas. Okay, fine. Okay.